This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. All right, Houston, you got me a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And this is our show, of course, Monday at 11 o'clock from 11 to 11.45 on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus. And this, of course, is one of my favorite songs, Mr. Producer, Calling All Angels. We'll hear it at the end. It's by a rock group called Train. Beautiful song. And what inspired him, of course, is he was talking to someone that was talking about faith, talking about God, and how do you know there's God, and how do you call angels, and how do you, how do you reach them? It's a beautiful, beautiful song. So we'll hear that at the end. And I have a very good friend of mine who I met at a function, so I'm going to tell you all about that in a second. But her name is Jenny Endicott. Miss Jenny Endicott, are you here? I'm here. Say hi to Houston. Hello, Houston. It's great to be here today. Now, she's really a Virginia but I can call her Jenny, and all her good friends in Houston can call her Jenny because we all love Jenny. Uh, but see, when she was in trouble when she was young, she probably her, her parents would say, Virginia! Uh, I know exactly how that goes because I do it with my kids. When my son Ben, he's Ben, but when he's in trouble, he's Benjamin. Benjamin! Uh, but no, Jenny's here because of two important things. First, she happens to be a real wine specialist. And I just found that very interesting uh, for all the wine drinkers and supporters and spe- and all, just the wine folks in the world. But more importantly, uh, when I met her at an event, first, she and her husband are big supporters in the community. They do all kinds of great things, including they're one of the biggest supporters of the Children's Museum of Houston, which, of course, I support and my firm supports. And we were talking as we were sat at their gala the other night, and she's a cancer survivor. And it really touched me because my mother's a cancer survivor and other things. And so we'll be talking a little bit about that here in the show. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of quick news things. First and foremost, don't forget, Houston, that we have a very important election. People don't think about elections when it's HISD or HCC, but it's really the youth of our community that is the beginning, the seed corn of setting people's lives and getting them going in their lives and making them productive citizens. So early vote goes from November 29th to December 7th. So please get that early vote out of the way so you don't forget. And the runoff, the actual election is December 11. Lots of good candidates for HISD, certain positions, HCC, etc. And I want to give another shout out because this past Saturday, I spent almost all day giving out free turkeys. And I was there with Letitia Jackson. And I tell you, if you don't know Letitia Jackson, 
I mean, if you need something done in Houston, you don't call Ghostbusters. Remember that song, Jenny? Remember who you going to call? Remember that? You don't call Ghostbusters. You call Letitia. And somehow she gets it done. And so we were there at the church, the greater St. Matthew's Church there on South Main and Fondren. And it was a beautiful thing giving out these turkeys to people. And in some beautiful way, Jenny, and I know how you feel about these things too because you and your husband do so much, is when you touch somebody's life, it just makes you feel good, right? Doesn't it? To just know that somehow in some small way, you made the world a better place. And if these people, you know, if we can share with them a Thanksgiving meal, it just feels good, doesn't it? Have you, have you done those things before? Yes, it's the best medicine there is. Isn't it? Uh, that's a better thing to say. It's the best medicine there is. I think that's exactly right. Oh, we have our pastor in. Uh, we always, of course, as you know, have a pastor call in. So, let me just call on Pastor Juan Carlos. Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Pastor Juan Carlos, it is great to hear you. You're here with me, Gilbert, a tip from Gilbert. And in case you don't remember, that's talk, inspiration, and prayer. And I'm here with Miss Ginny Endicott, who is an incredible lady. She's always active in the community, but she's a cancer survivor. Uh, so, Pastor, know, can you imagine I that? When I, when I heard that word, it just it, it impacted my heart, survivor. So many people in our age town that are survivors, and they keep on going. Isn't that beautiful? And you know, when you see Jenny, and Jenny can talk for herself here, but when you see her, she's just lovely. She's full of life. She's full of energy. And I don't know. I don't. Were you always like this, or as a survivor, did it just touch your heart, and all of a sudden, you know, there's this new appreciation? I was always outgoing, but I actually do believe cancer changed me profoundly. And now, yes, I'm still outgoing. I'm full of energy, but I have different causes. Uh, I want to I explore all that because, uh, Pastor, didn't you go through an experience yourself? Yes, sir. I had a massive uh, brain stroke, and I almost died. So I am a survivor uh, of that, of death. And I thank God uh, for every person that have gone through uh, difficulty. And uh, we came back. We snapped back. That means we have a purpose in life to bless this beautiful, beautiful city that God has allowed us to come and live. Well, Pastor, when did this happen again? Remind me. The 1st of August of this year in Nagadoches. Oh, my goodness. That was just like the other day. Well, Pastor, yes, how thrilling that you're here with us and you're here with Houston this is going to be a very special prayer because not only are you praying for Houston, for Houston Pride to get through this vaccine, all this problems with all this virus and this and that, and saying a prayer for Jenny that the Lord, you know, grants her many more years to speak the faith and speak the gospel for everyone to give them strength, but also thanks for you and all the people that you touch. Well, I am very thankful to God, you know. I I was thinking about um, uh, scripture. It's in the Gospels that when Jesus came, the triumphal entrance, the Bible says that uh, all the city rejoiced. And I was thinking about it. The city is the people. The city is not the buildings. You never seen buildings. I I love to see Houston through the highways, and I see it. it's massive. It's huge. Buildings all over. But I remind myself, that's not the city. That's just the shelf. The city is the people. So when he says that he saw the people rejoicing, is, is the city rejoicing, our Houston, 
is the people. I used to work in Uber and I used to pick the city from different industries, from different places. So my prayer today will be that the Lord will grant the joy of those people that have lost the joy because of a traumatic situation, that they will be able to laugh again. I was afraid. And many people are going through a lot of fear right now. Uh, and many, many people are in confronting situations. So our prayer today will be that the Lord will be able to help them to recapture that joy and desire to live. Would you, would you, whenever you desire, you let me know when to pray. We're ready, Pastor. We're bowing our heads now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this great opportunity to speak to our beautiful and loving people of Houston that always, in spite of situations, in spite of difficulties, they kept on going. They dress up with their rhino dress every morning, driven to go and work, driven to go and conquer uh, situations. And I pray that those that have gone through difficulties in the spiritual, emotional, and physical areas that have lost jobs, have lost relationships, and they're broken down in tears. Father, help them. Help them to recoup that joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I pray, I pray, and I bless our beautiful people from different parts of the world in Houston, those who are in hospitals, those who are neglected, those who are in good time. Father, help them to understand that connecting with you is the best thing that we have to do in order to recoup, to recoup that joy. It's, it's able, we're able to recoup, but it's only through you. Your word says that apart from you, we can do nothing, but connected to you, we can do everything. I bless Gilbert, and I pray blessings over his life. Fill him with wisdom so every tip that he received for this city will be a tip from heaven that will empower people to be a better person, full of joy in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that in spite that we lost <laughs> the baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor, that was a beautiful prayer. I'm going to have you on the show. So I'm going to call you back later on because I, I think I'd like to hear more about your story, Pastor. So we're going to sign off. I'm hugging you on the phone, and thank you for joining us. Amen. God bless you. I love you, and I pray for Miss Jenny that she will keep on recouping and giving that beautiful testimony. Pastor Juan Carlos, thank you very much for joining us. So, Jenny, let's come back to you for a second. Tell me about the day that you got the call from your doctor. I mean, I mean, do you remember that day? I remember everything about that day. Well, and that day was a long time coming because um, uh, as, as many breast cancer uh, patients do, I found a lump and then you had to go see your regular doctor and then he- So when you found a lump, did you think, what is this? I mean, what's it, what do you mean when you say, I found a lump? I mean, did you just say, golly, what, what is this? Well, Did you get nervous right away? Did you yes. say, I know this is bad? Yes, because it was profound. No kidding. Yeah, it, it felt like all of a sudden there was a ping pong ball under the skin. and That big? That hard? Well, yeah. Wow. And I felt like uh, my skin knew right away. 
Now, my brain obviously started arguing and, and looking for any other possibility, but the, the process of finding a lump and then getting to a doctor and then getting to someplace where they can scan you or do a deep needle biopsy, which is what they did for me, um, that is a while in coming. And then they don't give you the results that day. Oh, my goodness. So you go there. That So did you go like that that day? That no, it was like over the course of two weeks. Oh, my God. So you had to make an appointment. Yes. And you knew there was something wrong. Yes. And you and your husband, I guess, were y'all just praying and just saying, oh, my gosh. Just, I mean, what was it like? Well, I will tell you, um, my husband refused to entertain any any possibility of cancer. He was just like, nope. I think it's a benign cyst. They happen all the time. You know, I, you know, let's not worry about borrowing trouble until we get a diagnosis. And I, I kept trying to do that for myself. But as I said, my skin knew. My skin knew. And so I just, I would try to talk to my brain and make it swing towards a positive, you know, it can't be, you know, people have benign cysts all the time. And um, when we actually did get the diagnosis, I was not surprised, but my poor husband was, he yeah. was very shocked. So you made the appointment. So I'm sure those two weeks between the day you first found the lump to two weeks, I'm sure those were some of the most, those two weeks probably felt like two years. Or did they feel like two seconds? No, they were, uh, they were long. I, 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 I'm amazed at what the human brain can do at times when no answers are coming, how you divert yourself to spend time, how you really try not to worry, the activity that you will generate um, rather than brood. So I... Is it like keeping you busy, diverting yes, your attention? Oh yes, like yes. maybe it'll go away. It'll go away. Wow. So then, so you went to the doctor, that appointment, and when you were there waiting for the doctor, were you just like, Lord, please, please don't let it be. I mean... Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. And my husband even more so. I could see him. Was he there with you? Oh, when we when we got the news, yes, he was very much there. But you went to the doctor, and they took some tests. And then when did you find out? How long between the test and, like, Jenny, I, you need to come in. I got something to tell you. Um, this was in 2015. And God, that wasn't that long ago. No. Uh, and I found, the, I found the lump on Mother's Day morning in the shower, and that was a Sunday. And so from the, that time until when I, we received the official diagnosis that there was cancer, was uh, June, that was June 2nd. Wow. So about three weeks, actually. And so when you got the news, I know this is hard. Did you just say, why me? I mean, I, I, just, I don't know. I just came Maybe my faith is just... Um, Mr. Producer, maybe I just don't have enough faith. I, I don't know, Lord, help me. Because I just feel like I would just say, you know, I don't know, b blame God. Why me? And I don't know what I would do. I guess you don't know the resilience of the human brain, the human spirit, till you're there. So when you got the message, you just said, what? Well, first I... I said, well, I can't die. I have a child. Yeah. She's 12, and she needs me to live. And so I would say to anyone who gets that kind of devastating diagnosis, no matter what it is, you will be amazed at the things you will stand and fight for. 
Um, no matter, you know, I've had people say, I just couldn't have gone through that. I couldn't have gone through what you went through. You can. Yes, you can. And you will if you need to, especially if there are people that you love that depend on you. You'll get out of bed each day, no matter how poorly you feel, and you will fight. How old was your daughter? She was 12. Did you tell her? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did she understand? When you're 12, you're kind of in that zone where you kind of understand, right? I mean, 12 is not like five or six when they're like, you know, they're not really paying attention. So how was that? It was horrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, because she knew something was up just because her father and I had been having all these hush-hush conversations and there'd been several appointments at that point and you know us dashing off and then us coming back and she knew something was wrong and when she heard it was cancer her first the very first thing she said is well are you going to die oh my goodness and um of course we said no no not at all but it's going to be a journey going to be sick for a while there's going to be chemo i'm going to go bald and it will be very obvious that i'm sick so we want you to be as informed as possible so you don't walk around worrying about things that we don't believe will happen. Like, we don't believe that I'm going to die. You know, there's like a glow around you right now somehow, you know? I mean, no, really, I don't know. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. We have a caller real quick, though. Uh, Mr. Brian, are you on the phone? I, I'm here. Did you have a, a, a call, I mean, a comment for me or for my lovely guest here, Ms. Jenny Endicott? Well, I just want to say congratulations on your recovery and thoughts, thoughts and prayers go to you, Jenny. Um, I had a testimony. My I lost my mother to cancer when I was 25, and it was interesting because I was in college, uh, 94 to 98, and they never told me she was that sick because they wanted me to focus on school. And I graduated in 98, and she ended up passing in 2000. So, yeah. Wow. So, well, um, and you know, at 25, I'm thinking I'm a an adult you know, a grown man, but it still hurts to this day. Absolutely. Uh, I understand yeah. that. That's 20 years ago. Well, Brian, we, um, I'm hugging you on the phone right now. You can't tell. And I'm, I'm hugging you over the Facebook universe. Yeah. Thank uh, you. But, you know, maybe in some way your, your, your mother knew and she wanted yeah. you to be strong and get through school and, and then yeah. notice you had some time with her after. So yeah. I think somehow the Lord has a mysterious plan and, and we just, it's not our place to ask why. Right. But right. I think that it's just really a great story, Brian. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't thank you more for opening up your heart and sharing it with Houston and sharing it with us and sharing it with yep. Jenny. Jenny, you have anything you want to say to Brian there? Well, I would, I would just say that uh, it sounds like your mother was a very fortunate woman to have you as her son. And the fact that you still love and honor her to this day is, it's a very beautiful thing. And it makes her, her life even more worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Amen for that. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you for calling. Um, Thank you. You know, Jenny, it's interesting, and we'll come back to your story, is that um, a few years ago, I was the, I don't know what the right term is, the Grand Marshal or the, 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 I was with Cambrell Marshall, who's just a wonderful man for the Race for the Cure. So I was like the spokesperson. And um, I was talking all about the Race for the Cure, and I had all the stats at that time of cancer and breast cancer and all kinds of cancer and what's interesting is people started knowing me as the person for race for the cure um you don't realize 
how much cancer touches so many people until they know that you somehow are involved with cancer. And then, but out of nowhere, I had people say, well, you know, my mother was had cancer, my sister. And I was just like amazed. Cancer is just like, is that a misperception on my part? But is it, it's just like, it's everywhere. It is. Uh, I say personally that it's the black plague of our time because so many people don't know why how they got cancer but so many people have been touched by it or afflicted with it lived through it or not lived through it and it i feel like it's definitely a much wider topic than people know and i think it's good to talk about it because people need to know um i don't know the right word um you know get a mammogram get tested get right i mean people need to know check take care of your body if you feel a lump go get it checked out right away don't say oh well i'm in denial that's fine go get it checked right isn't that the right thing to do absolutely oh my gosh every time always uh you know in the time the three weeks that elapsed from when i found that one tumor the one lump and then later when i got all of my scans done it turned out i didn't just have one tumor i had three and um in the same place or spread spread around the same breast and um one the one i felt was just the one that was closest to the skin Mm -hmm. versus deeper one so it was um again you know you feel one thing but you need to go in and get checked out right away in case there's more to the problem than you know and a mammogram this was a silly ignorant question but it's an easy thing to do right or no it is it is and you just call your doctor and say i want to come in and get a mammogram yes well my goodness everyone get a mammogram absolutely and you know and maybe you should just get one on a as a every couple of years or something you know how they say oh check your uh, um colon cancer every you know when you're 50 i forgot what it is i mean i had my colonoscopy i mean they i mean listen it's your health yes uh, most insurance policies provide for an annual mammogram is that right yes wow well i'm i'm a believer so my view is everyone out there Get tested because all it can do is maybe save your life. So let's go back to your daughter. So y'all said it's going to be hard road, work hard. So you knew already you were going to have to go through chemo and things. Yes, at that point we'd had enough appointments. Um, that, you know, We had kept Manny in the dark for as long as we could, but we had had enough appointments and they, they had set up a treatment schedule and we had agreed to um, what they call a protocol where they're like... Is that like a plan? Yes, and um, it's where your team, literally, uh, like your oncologist and then your surgeon and then the, all of the nurses in the chemo ward, they work together. And you, you might go into surgery first or you might have chemo first and then have surgery. But I had had a plan set up for me that we were about to embark on and it involved chemo first. So they said right away, you know, you're gonna lose your hair. You're gonna lose, you know, it will be obvious that you are ill. And that's when we told her. Wow. You know, these doctors and nurses that are in the oncology department, they're like holy people, aren't they? I mean, am I right? I mean, can you imagine what it's like going in every day? Well, you know what it's like, but to to, to be upbeat, positive, because, you know, the positive, the positive energy of positive prayer, positive love, positive human touch is so important here for them to just every day to have that energy to the patients. I mean, they're almost like holy people, am I right? 
I could not agree more. I feel so passionately grateful to the healthcare industry in general, but then to my cancer team specifically because they were amazing. They were just seriously such a source of positivity and strength for me. Uh, I never saw, and I was in the chemo ward a lot, I never saw anyone there having personally a bad day. They were so present for the patients and so caring. Truly, they were ministering angels. Where were, where were you treated? What hospital? I was treated at the Memorial Hermann Memorial City. Mm-hmm. My oncologist, uh, my oncologist was a, um, he was an MD Anderson fellow and then was recruited over to the Memorial Hermann healthcare system to kind of spread that level of expertise around. Wow. Yeah, I, I think the world of him. I can't say enough good things about my oncologist. What's your oncologist's name? Give him a shout out. All right, Dr. Ron J. Rackett, wherever you are. Well done. <laughs> I'm, I'm clapping for him, too, because think about all the lives he has saved. Uh, I think that's amazing. So I think we may have another caller here. Let's see what we've got. Uh, when the producer lets me know, I'll let all of you in Houston know. But you, of course, are with... A tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. That's what it's about. This is your show, Houston. This is your show to tell me what's going on in the community, what's going on in your life, and hopefully we're bringing a little smile to your face when we have guests that are willing to open up their heart and share their stories with you, no matter what they are, because at the end of the day, we're all part of one race, the human race. And we're all sort of children of God, and we all just need to hold hands to make this place a better place for everybody. So let's go back then as we're listening to who this caller is and getting organized. Um, so tell me about chemo. Oh, well, hold on. We have someone. Just hold, hold that thought. I, I want to know a little more about chemo because you hear about chemo. And I think as a citizen, I just am, um, I don't know the difference between chemo and radiation and sort of which is which and which is better or which is worse. Um, and I'll let you uh, kind of tell our listeners there. Okay, let's send them on. Mr. Green. Mr. Green, are yes. you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm well. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, and you have Miss Jenny Endicott. You have something you'd like to say to Houston or to me or to Miss Jenny? Well, I want to, first of all, thank God for her and uh, praise God for her healing and her story. Uh, I also uh, called you to uh, talk to you about the things that we are doing here in Houston ourselves as the men's accountability ministry. I met you on Saturday at the turkey giveaway. Oh, yes. Tell us. So, Yes, you're so gracious in giving. We thank God so much for what you're doing in his vineyard. And we are a men's group who uh, have organized 24 years ago. We meet weekly, and we are uh, what we call the men's accountability ministry. And what we do is we grow men in the faith of God and so that we can be better husbands, better fathers, uh, better men of God, and uh, in so doing, we decided to give scholarships away about eight years ago, and so we come together as a group of men who uh, try to help kids who are coming out of high school, especially high-risk kids, uh, so that they can have a, uh, we can contribute to their start in the schools of higher learning by contributing book scholarships and helping them with their tuition, and this has been an organization, again, that has existed for 24 years, but now in the last eight years, we've been giving scholarships to kids, and so there are some good things that are going on in our community, and I, I know that your show is, is really about the positives that the Christian community is, is uh, involved in, and we're just grateful that we are part of uh, trying to do something to contribute uh, to the Lord's kingdom. Well, I think that's wonderful. I couldn't be more uh, touched that you would call me, and if you, you know, I have an email. It is 
uh, let me get it again here, a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Shoot me that email. You know why? I want to make a contribution or, or maybe have the kids here to visit my office so they can see what it's like and maybe we can inspire them to, to, you know, to reach for the stars. So can we do that? Yeah, now you want me to, how, how do I reach you? Ready? A tip yeah. from Gilbert at gmail.com. Got it. Got it. Just write it there and let's, get, let's do it. I, I want to I help and I'm grateful. And I think what you and your group are doing is fantastic because, you know, it all starts with us. You know, there's that song, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. You know that song, Jenny, where, you know, you, you can talk about all you want in the world, but you got to start with yourself. And I think when a bunch yeah. of men get together and they say, you know what, we need to just make sure we're, you know, living the Lord's will and we're being good husbands and fathers, I think it's a beautiful thing. So please shoot me an email and we'll go from there. But thank you so much for calling. Okay, well, God bless you and we will do that. God thank bless you. you. I know we have another caller here. Is there a Miss Meredith there? Miss Meredith, are you there? Calling Miss yes. Meredith. Miss Meredith, are you there? I am here. Hello. You, How are you? Hello. You have me, Gilbert, a tip from me. And then you have Miss Jenny Endicott. Did you have something you want to say to me or to her or to Houston? To Jenny, I just wanted to tell her congratulations on beating cancer. I know how touch and go that can, that can be. And it's congratulations for still being here. Congratulations to your team. And I'm sure that you have you are doing God's work daily. So Meredith, are you a survivor? I am not a survivor, but I do have a family member that had brain cancer. Unfortunately, he did not make it. Oh, I'm so but, sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. But it's okay. I mean, it's okay. I know cancer touches every household. It touches everybody differently. Well, you know, I was amazed at how much cancer touches everybody. Maybe yeah. I've been under a rock. But when I was the whole race for the cure, and I think I was, I don't know, maybe it's one of those things, Meredith and Jenny, when... Until you know, you think, well, I can't talk about that. I mean, you know, somehow you don't want to talk about it. But because I was the Race for the Cure person and I was talking about it so openly and people were sharing their stories with me and there were so many and most of them were all great stories of inspiration and hope. And um, there are so many survivors. You can't lose So hope. many. Go ahead, Meredith. Oh, I said you just can't lose hope. That's for sure. I really genuinely feel like the human spirit thrives whenever you're thinking positive thoughts and have prayers, healthy prayers coming your way. I well, really, really, really think that does a lot for your spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they talk about how things that grow in the good soil flourish. Um, it's very much true for anyone that's going through an ordeal as big as cancer or likewise. But um if you're surrounded by positivity and prayer and you insult, you're invested yourself, it's certainly an easier job to overcome a hardship than without. No yes. doubt. Well, Meredith, thank you for calling in and thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. That touched me. So thank amen you. to you and prayers to your family. Thank you. You guys as well. Bye. Bye-bye now. So, Jenny, t explain to the listeners here, what's the difference between chemo and radiation chemotherapy um is a medication that is sent into your veins and and it's actually meant to attack the tumor so somebody that might um think of a tumor as like a little block of sand 
So when you want to remove it, you can't nick it in any way because the grains of sand, per se, might come out. Will spread out? Right, and that's when cancer can really spread. So they have to have, when they talk about clean margins, they have to have a tumor shrink so they can safely cut all the way around it with clean margins and remove it. Um, That's why so many people, if they have a tumor that's rather large or they have several tumors, their oncologist will choose for them to go into chemotherapy first because the the chemotherapy is designed to shrink those tumors. So the chemo, so you're la- I guess you're laying down, and it's kind of like when you see in the in the movie the ER, there's a liquid there and it's just pop going in, and that's meant to shrink it. Yes. Okay. What's radiation? Radiation is where um, they are literally kind of. You ever heard the expression about well let's blast off and nuke, yes. and nuke the site from okay. above yep radiation is sort of the medical uh equivalent of that in that they literally radiate all of the portion like a big x-ray yes that might have just just in the case that there's any random cell out there that's aberrant they want to kill it so it's not fun by any stretch of the imagination but it certainly reduces your risk of cancer coming back so radiation that doesn't shrink it. No, it's meant to basically sort of if kill it. If, yeah, if in if in the case that um, any tiny little cancer cell is left in your body and it's trying to wander around, they will radiate you um, in in kind of a large site just to make sure that there's no strays. And yes, it's meant to target any aberrant or mutant cell. So, which is are they painful? Uh, the radiation treatments mm-hmm. or, or chemo are they painful uh mine well it starts out where you're like I, i'm bearing up okay yeah and um chemo is like something that you become in- incredibly saturated as the months go by and you're taking in more and more of the chemo drugs and then you have some pretty dramatic side effects or you can depending on what drug you're on um because i was younger my oncologist um had a very aggressive protocol for me because younger people can stand up to it better. Mm-hmm. And so I was, unfortunately, yes, I was I was fairly ill. Um, I had six months of chemo, and the last three were brutal. No kidding. Yeah. Does that mean, if you don't mind me asking, does that mean you lose your appetite? You lose, did, did you lose weight? Uh, obviously, you lost your hair. People always, you know. I mean, wh- what, when you say brutal, was it all the above? Are you just lethargic? You're depressed? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, 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 and all the yes. Um, it was a truly a, you know, as as time goes by and, and you're, you know, you're going in weekly for your, well, initially I started out with the, uh, the first three months I went in every three weeks. And then the last three months I went in every week. And that's when you really start to feel the snowball effect of just all these drugs living in your body. But obviously the the hair goes the eyebrows go the eyelashes go um you that was hard for me because i looked very much like a cancer patient and your appetite goes like i had a lot of mouth sores because uh, it does attack various parts of your body and um you start to lose fingernails and toenails because technically they're they're not living cells Mm. and so the whole point of chemo is to attack enough things you know it's attacking yes the mutant mutated cells in your body but it attacks other things as well well i want to get to the you remember paul harvey when he says and now the rest of the story so i now want to go to the rest of the story because this story ladies and gentlemen is has a beautiful happy ending so at what point 
did they say, Jenny, I think we're getting it. I, th- I think you don't need it anymore. I mean, where, where was the turn? And, and how did you, how was that turn, that message delivered? And I can only imagine this weight going off your, you know, it's like a light from God, you know, just telling you. I mean, what was it like? Well, uh, it's, it's cancer's a long journey, especially when you're going through treatment. And then when you get out of treatment, you're officially in remission, but you have many checks. And honestly, the real victory lap is when you're five years in remission, which I just hit that point in March. Just now? Yeah, this year. Oh, my God, everybody. Everybody, you give a round of, oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, that's, that's incredible. I did not know that. It was a very, very big milestone for myself and my family and, and my friends, my the community of people that supported me and loved me and did so much for me. All those angels I'm forever grateful to, but I was also grateful that they were there to see the happy, you know, the happy point where you're like, okay, I don't need to worry as much as I was worried. Yay! Oh my gosh. Well, you know, all of Houston loves you, so we're going to be, and, and you know, and we're going to be calling all angels here at the end of the show. So tell me again, so let's go back. So then, at what point did the doctor then say, though, you don't need to do chemo anymore? Well, I, I knew my end date for chemo. Okay, so you had an end date for that, chemo. Yeah, that's, they give you a schedule. So you know, before you even have your first chemo appointment, what your chemo schedule is. And then, then I had to have a, a surgery because once um, once chemo shrinks your tumors, it's safe to go in there and, and operate on them and cut clean margins and pull them out. Did they get it out? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And then I did radiation. and um, So radiation happens after chemo. Is that sort of like to make sure you got it all? Yes. I see. I see. And so the doctor said, was there a turning point? Did the doctor say, I think we got it all? Yes. I mean, um, after radiation finished, um, they did they did a set of scans, and they were beautiful and clean and clear. So I was officially in remission in late March of 2016. So that was a whole year, almost. Almost yes, and that's that's about par for the course. Wow, think about a whole year. I mean, you lived it. Um, well, golly, I mean. Now you've got this glow about you. Oh, you're kind. No, you've got this glow about you. And I guess it's just because, well, number one, probably because you just are an upbeat, glowing person. But also, I don't know, maybe in some way this experience, I don't know, did something beautiful and positive to uh, this great appreciation for the Lord. And, and, you know, did y'all pray? Oh, yes. Your your husband, y'all? Yes. And um, I'm a cradle Catholic, so, and we're part of a, a lovely Catholic community. And um, my daughter was enrolled in parochial school there, and so we had this amazing group of people who lifted us, lifted us up in prayer. And it was honestly, and then you know, friends and family, just all of that, you know, people that were willing to be the hands and feet of Christ, ministering to another family, whether in prayer or in deeds or in food, even just. My poor little 12-year-old daughter, like, offering her a ride to, you know, track practice. Things like that is, you just, like, so many people came out and showed us what God looked like. Isn't that amazing? It was. I'll never forget it. It profoundly changed me. I can feel it. I can feel you. Uh, I remember my wife, um, we had, we have uh, uh, four kids, 
the daughter, the princess, um, when um, my wife was pregnant, she had a leak of amniotic fluid. And we thought we were going to lose my daughter. And I remember when they said, okay, Didi, my wife is Didi. Um, oh, you know Didi, of course. Uh, you're going to be in your bed now for the next couple of months. Oh, we prayed. We want. It, we wanted a daughter so badly. We have three boys, and we just wanted a daughter. And I remember when they said, well, you might lose your daughter. Uh, we were crushed. And we just, you know, we just said, honey, you're not, you're not leaving that bed, you know, until you got to go to the bathroom. That's it. Because we are not going to lose this. I mean, I guess that's what it was probably for y'all. We are not going to lose this daughter. We are not going to do it. So I'm sure y'all probably said, we are going to beat this cancer. We are going to beat it. Yes. And I guess that's what it takes. You know, to cancer, I'm going to take no prisoners. You know, we are going to beat this. Well, for our Paul Harvey rest of the story is um, uh, so many and it doesn't compare, of course, but so many neighbors came out of the woodwork. People that we didn't even know that well in our church would bring us food. And the littlest gestures, we'd sit and, and I guess most importantly, well, number one, we weren't thinking of eating, so we had food. But the most important thing was the, the love we felt of people caring about us. And that's what was incredible. Yes. Um, is that what happened to you? It was astonishing the amount of support we received from the not just our friends and family, but some of them people we didn't even know, but who just learned that, oh, gosh, down there at that street, um, yeah, that young mom you see out there with her daughter walking the dog, she just got diagnosed with cancer. And then you know, next thing you know, that neighbor would be standing there with a casserole going, how can I help? Oh, how great. It was beautiful. Honestly, I, I feel like... Uh, the biggest thing I can do from that is be that too. To somebody. Yes, yes. And so that's it really, really magnified my desire to make a difference in the community because just even the small things uh, made such a difference to myself and my family that I will never forget that. So it's sort of a, for me, it was a beautiful lesson. And it's taught me the kind of person that I want to be as well when I see all of these lovely people willing to help us. Amen. Uh, you know, there was an old show called Carol Burnett. Yes, yes. And at the end of the show, there was a song that she would always sing when it says, I'm so glad we had this time together. Yep. And you know what? I can't believe our 45 minutes is up. It went so fast. It's just like Carol Burnett. <laughs> I'm so glad. And it's just so long. We have three minutes. We're going to stay on, of course, after as we always do. Let's hit Mr. Producer calling all angels. I want to make sure... Jenny has the last word and and you know again the songs the words are so beautiful I need a sign to let me know you're here that's what this the singer is saying to the angels and I need to know that things are gonna look up how many times did you ever feel those things I just need to know you're here I need to know that things are gonna get better and then he just says I'm calling all angels so Jenny I'm gonna let you have the last word to Houston Say whatever you want to say. Thank your oncologist, your wonderful husband, your beautiful daughter, your community. It's all you. Ladies, get your mammograms. Never neglect that. Do that once a year. And then everyone out there that's got hands and feet that they can offer to serve someone that's been afflicted with either cancer or, or any other illness, 
please realize that you can be a person who makes a difference in surrounding someone with positivity and prayer. And that is such a big part of the community they need to rely on to overcome an obstacle. And lastly, I would say to my husband, Jason, who is my rock in all things, that I adore you and love you. And Maddie, I hope you're studying hard for all your tests that are coming up (laughs) before you leave for Thanksgiving and come home to see us. But I love you, Angel. And uh, Gilbert, I have to thank you because I, I don't talk that often about my journey. I actually do try to act a lot because of my journey, but it's been a while since I talked about it. So you've given me a chance to reflect on, honestly, all the beautiful lessons I learned and all the beautiful love that, that I saw. And it just reaffirms my faith over and over and over. It's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it with Houston. Houston. We're going to hear the rest of Calling All Angels. Facebook, stay with us. We're going to have a a few closing remarks here with Jenny. Enjoy Calling All Angels. Facebook, Spotify, everything else out there in the cyber world. I want to thank you for being with us on this incredible episode. I want to thank KWWJ again because they do uh, great work. And I experienced it myself when I had the incredible Letitia Jackson. Her card is right here with me in case you could see it. And she was there in charge of the turkey giveaway in the community at the Greater St. Matthew's Church. And it was just Fantastic and very moving. And I want to thank my guest, uh, Miss Jenny Indicott, her wonderful husband, her beautiful daughter, all they do for Houston because they're involved in lots of things, including as chair of the Children's Museum, her and her husband, and all the things that they do. But most importantly, it takes a lot to open up your heart and share your stories, you know? And you did that today. How do you feel now? Thankful. Yeah. Really, just put a fine point. I feel thankful that I'm sitting here. If there's a person out there who's enduring chemo or they're suffering after a surgery and they're thinking, why am I fighting? I would tell you that you're stronger than you realize, and this will get better. Just stay the course. So I'm just very, very glad to be here. And life is worth fighting for. Life is worth fighting for, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how 
bad it is or how deep you, you feel despair or, you know, life is worth fighting for. It's so beautiful. The smiles you see when you're just everyday life, the the sunshine, the trees, the grass, the, the children li- listening to their laughter, the holidays. Uh, I think, Jenny, I just have a feeling somewhere you touch the heart of somebody out there today. And you probably saved somebody's life today. Because I bet you someone's going to get a mammogram who wouldn't have gotten one otherwise. And so I, I just think it was a great thing that you did. Well, thank you. And I, well, I can't claim to save a life because that will be on... If they go out and get that mammogram, then what I hope they'll do is go straight into a skilled oncologist if there's bad news, and that person's going to save a life. I'm just going to give a little reminder to, to check the girls. Ladies, you got to check those girls. Amen. On that point, this is a silly question, but you brought it up, and I, it just hit me. What age should some a, a woman start thinking about a mammogram? I mean, is it girls? Is it young teens? I mean, what what's the right age, do they say? It used to be 40. But I think they've sort of rolled it back to 35. And once you're 35, they start urging you to get an annual mammogram. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, you got nothing to lose, right? A mammogram doesn't do anything harmful to your body, or does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. So there's no reason not to. Correct. Oh, my goodness. Well, everyone out there, please get your mammogram and be proud when you have it and show it proud that, you know, everything's okay. Well, Jane, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about the whole wine specialist. I want to give you a chance to give a plug there because that's that's a very interesting thing. And there's a lot more to that than people realize. And I know that you love it and you love being with people to talk about it. It's a passion of yours. Please, I want to make sure you give a, a shout out about all that to Houston. Well, I'm very fortunate to be a wine instructor for the Texas Wine School. And for anyone that wants to take a class to learn how to demystify the world of wine, you're very, very welcome to come and take classes with us. And I got into it just because I wanted to know more about this delicious liquid that I was being introduced to when I was in my younger 20s. And then it led to a fascination with studying wine. Wine's not just about alcohol. It really is frequently a story of um, the terroir, the farming, the farming, the history of the region. There's a lot that goes on with wine regions that have developed in the world, and they've got lots of lovely stories to tell, and I really enjoy learning them and then sharing them. Well, let me ask you this. When you look back in history, how far back do we know, like, the first wine? Do we know? Was it you know, in biblical times? Yes, it was definitely. It was? Yeah, well, look, Jesus turned water right? into wine. So how far back even beyond that? Do we know? It's tar- It's really tough to get a specific age. They have found, like, crockery that they believe, and they've found, like, um, references to, like, before Christ. Uh, but I don't know exactly the year. But, yes, there's there's definitely indicators that civilizations were making and drinking wine actually before the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very interesting. And let me ask you a silly question, because sometimes I'll hear people talk about this year was a good year for wine, you know, 1999 or something. You know, what makes a good year and what makes a good wine? Wine is very interesting because it's truly a, it's truly a creation of something that has a life to it. So uh, like anything that isn't made to withstand eternity, um, there's a time in which it will look and be its best. So, you know, when you hear about someone being in their prime, wine has that ability as well. So let's say it, that 
uh, a Bordeaux, if it's drunk too soon, it will uh, taste rough and it won't be what we call fully developed. It needed some time to mature. But then it will enter this time of maturity where we say it's drinking well right now and that this is, you know, it's seven years old or it's 10 years old or it's 12 years old. And that's when people might reflect reflect on the fact that it's in the window. But other times they could be reflecting on just a vintage year specifically and say, oh, you know, 2020 yeah. is a vintage year. Yeah, a good year. year, yeah. A good year. And that reflects on, honestly, that's all about what happened in the vineyard that they had perfect growing conditions, they didn't have an early frost, they didn't have too many pests, you know, consuming grapes, they picked at just the right time, and uh, they'll say this was a perfect, it was a perfect harvest, and they'll have right away, they'll know that this wine's gonna be amazing, they'll be, you know, kind of sampling it as it's kind of coming together. So when they call a vintage year, that actually has more to do with farming hmm. and what happened in the vineyard than, it, than what happened in the winery. Very, very interesting. Well, you are truly a renaissance person, a renaissance <laughs> woman, that's for sure. Well, I'm going to give you the last word. So here we are as we close out. We had calling all angels. We had um, Pastor Juan Carlos. We had several callers in. We, we appreciate their own stories and their own triumphs and emotions and feelings. And I've had Miss Ginny Endicott here, who's a cancer survivor, and she was so beautiful to share her story and her family and all their feelings and emotions. So, Jenny, you have the last word here uh, on Facebook and everything else. I would just say uh, last word, summing up my cancer journey, is to anyone out there that thinks if they, if they just have the slightest inclination to be of service to anyone else, that you'd, you would make a difference. If you offer help, if you pick up groceries, if you drop off food. Everyone has the capability to help others and it doesn't have to be a, mon a monumental task and it often makes a world of difference. So, uh, and if you need, <laughs> if you need to make an impact, you can drop off wine also and let me know if you need help picking one out. Amen. How do they reach you? Do you have a website or something? An um, email or? It's actually Ginny, G-I-N-N-Y, Endicott, E-N-D-E-C-O-T-T, -T, number two, and letter U, at gmail.com. So it reads gendicott2u at gmail.com. We'll put it on ours as well. And let me just say this, Jenny. Thank you very much for being here. And again, out there to Houston, listen, if there's something wrong with your body, listen to it. Listen to your body. And women, get your mammogram. It's 35, that's what Jenny said. 35, go every year. Uh, you can't go wrong. And again... Don't forget to vote. Early voting, November 29th to December 7th. The children, that's what it's all about. HISD, HCC. Election day is December 11. I'm not going to push candidates here. Everybody knows my views at the end of the day. Go vote. That's what matters. So you're here with Gilbert. A tip from me, talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here every Monday from 11 to 11.45 on 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. 832-570-8075 is our number. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.
This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.